I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you the latest advice, insights and technical updates for the sheep industry. For first episode, from Chagas Satnarayi, we'll be joined by Dr Fiona McGovern, who's going to give us an update on the performance of the insect flock this year to date. I'll also be joined by Dr Philip Crichton, who'll discuss key aspects of grazing management at this critical time of year. I'm joined now by Dr Fiona McGovern. Fiona, you're very welcome. Hi Kieran. thanks a million for having me. Fiona, you're in charge of the INSAC flock in Atmarai. Maybe for those who aren't aware of it, you'll give a quick description of what the INSAC project is about. No problem. So the flock was established in 2014 and 2015 with our first lambing in 2016. So our aim of the flock is to validate the Sheep Ireland Replacement Genetic Sheep Index. All of the animals in the country are ranked on a replacement and a terminal index using the Sheep Ireland database. So I guess our main aim here is to validate the replacement or the maternal side of this. And obviously you have, we know there's New Zealand sheep in that flock as well. How do they fit into that project? Yeah, so the makeup of the flock, there are 180 ewes in total and they're divided into three separate groups. So there's 16 New Zealand genetics, 60 elite Irish genetic ewes and 60 lower inferior genetic merit Irish ewes spread across two breed types, both Suffolk and Texel. And that flock, is, it's very much run as a commercial system. Absolutely, yeah, that's our main aim. So we're mid-season lambing. Um, even though all of our ewes are pedigree, it's ran differently to your traditional Irish pedigree flock. We're yeah, mid-season lambing, as I said. We're ran on a complete grass-based system. So from once our ewes go out to the field at 24 to 36 hours after lambing, they're on a complete grass-based diet for the remainder of the year unless obviously otherwise required. Okay, and so that kind of leads us into um, <coughs> maybe an update on how the flock is going this year. So just in terms of lambing with the flock, how did the gophies and what kind of numbers are there at the moment? Yeah, so we had um, quite a successful year, I suppose, so far. We had overall average in scan rates of 1.8. Um, so we began lambing the last week of February and we lamb for about a six week period. Um, we had about an 11, 11% mortality rate overall, which I guess is similar to what we've had other years. Obviously, you like it to be as low as possible. Um, lamb and difficulty, we're seeing a lot lower lamb and difficulty among our New Zealand joes, which isn't unexpected. But across the board, I guess in certain circumstances, there was higher lamb and difficulty this year. Um, our joes were in very good body condition score coming into the shed. So we housed from early December but maybe that was part of the reason for it. Okay, just as well, we're a very different place this year than we were last year. Certainly there was a lot more grass around in April. What's the current situation on the farm at the moment? Yeah, so um, a completely different spring to last year. We don't know ourselves at the moment, which is great. It's a nice relief for farmers. Um, our current growth rates, so our current grass growth rates are 80 kilos dry matter per hectare per day, which has really boosted in the la- past week to 10 days. Um, our current demand is at 60 kilos. So like to deal with that, you've, you're in excess at the moment. Did you get through that first rotation or have you dropped products out? Um, yeah, so the way we set up each of the farmlets, um, each of our groups graze on a separate five hectare farmlet, which is split into four grazing paddocks. So for our first rotation, we actually dropped a paddock um, from each of the farmlets. So about 20% of the area from each group was taken out for silage, and that's actually been cut this week. Okay, so that's going to go into the winter feed. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose it was great from the first rotation to get such an area ground out for silage um, and good quality silage. So, yeah. so that kind of brings you back in a check. Just budget-wise, where are you at the moment in terms of days ahead or total cover? Yeah, so our days ahead are currently um, 14 and that's obviously with the silage just coming out this week. So it should probably boost again. I would expect that we'll have more surplus paddocks to come out at the end of the second rotation, which will be in about another two weeks. And you have, as I said, this stage you come a second application of fertiliser, this? Yeah, so all of our paddocks have received about a bag of protected urea to the hectare, so um, 45 units of nitrogen per hectare at this stage. So between our early application, which is pre-lamin, and application after the first grazing. So maybe we'll just shift focus to actual performance of the flock. Um, Rook, from the grass point of view, obviously you're off to a better start. Have you any measurements of growth rate at the moment or how have the lambs performed this spring? Yeah, absolutely. So we weigh all of our lambs at birth. Um, the first weights we took in the field were at five weeks of age, where our lambs are averaging about 14 and a half kilos. Um, and that was to 35 days. So you're seeing a growth rate there of about 300 grams per day. So that's really looking at the effect that the O is going to have on that on lamb performance absolutely yeah so Nicola Featherston is carrying out a PhD on the flock and as part of that we also measure the milk yield of the O's um, at four time points within the first five weeks um, so we look at milk yield using the Waysuckle and Way method and we've seen um, a difference in our milk yield across the groups where our New Zealand and our five star Irish O's are producing higher levels of milk than our one star Irish O's so that's part of trying to look at why we see such a variation in performance in flocks. Absolutely, yeah. When lambs are at a young age, the majority of their diet is milk and there's um, quite a high conversion ratio of milk to meat or muscle tissue in a young lamb. So it's interesting to be able to monitor and see where the lamb is getting its nutrition from. So just look from a health point of view in the flock at the moment, any kind of key health um, aspects you've looked or treatments you've gone in with? Yeah, absolutely. So we do have some history of coccidia um, in the flock so we dosed all of our lambs with vicoxin at five weeks of age and they were showing some clinical signs of coccidia so lethargic dehydrated um, and we felt that their performance wasn't quite as good as it should have been um, since then we've also dosed with a white drench so a, a benzimidazole based drench for nematodirus um, going on department regulations and forecasts Ok, any other health issues cropping up with them? Um, have you seen any scald in the flock yet? Yeah, so we've had um, small amounts of scald in lambs, I suppose not surprising given the higher covers of grass. We weighed our lambs at five weeks, as I mentioned earlier, and we've also weighed this week, which is week eight for us. So at both times or each time we bring the lambs in for weighing, we also run them through the foot bath. Um, it just removes any instance of scald and prevents any um, more serious issues of lameness developing. And the foot bath you're using here is a batch foot bath, is it? Yeah, so it's a batch foot bath with zinc sulfate. Okay. Fiona, thank you very much for that. We'll maybe drop in again later in the year with you and see how the flock is performing. Absolutely, I look forward to you coming back. Join now with Dr. Philip Craig. Philip, you're very welcome. Thanks, Kieran. Philip, we're maybe just going to look at grazing management for the coming month ahead. Um, very different ball game this year than last year, we're in a different scenario throwing up his own challenges maybe we'll just start off by looking at what are the targets on sheep farms at the moment for the coming month yeah so absolutely the I suppose grass growth rates and grass availability is is, is, is in a very different place to the, where it was this time last year 
Um, what we're looking at for May really is that we'd like to be targeting somewhere around 15 days ahead in terms of grass available for grazing. Um, because of our very strong spring growth rates, which are continuing right through at the moment, with average growth rates up around 70 or 80 kilos of grass trimmer per hectare per day, that means that um, covers are building all the time. So we really need to start taking action in terms of controlling that days ahead figure. If we start letting that get up to 20, 25 days ahead, um, quality is going to deteriorate uh, very rapidly. We're going to be grazing you know, higher than desirable covers of grass and that's going to have a negative impact on, on land performance leading up to weaning. And I suppose it really is a month we need to keep focus on. But there is a reluctance out there to reduce it down to 20 or to 15 days ahead at the moment. Like, there's no negative impact of that given the growth rates. No, I mean, I suppose, look, for, for, for people that are grass measuring and, and, and doing a grass budget every week, you know, over time they'll build confidence. I suppose maybe for people that aren't, yes, there is a, a fear maybe that you'll take too much grass out or whatever. And that's maybe, you know, it needs to be something that's done in baby steps maybe and, 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 and take decisions, uh, leaving yourself maybe a little bit of room. But, but, but the key thing is that action is taken and it's not, uh, not allowed to, to, to spiral. Look, Phil, you mentioned with strong growth rates, heavier covers. In terms of pre-grazing yield or pre-grazing sward height, what are we looking at ideally at the moment? So ideally, to maximise performance, you know, keep the sward as leafy as possible. We're talking about getting into covers there of, of seven to nine centimetres, or maybe around a thousand to twelve hundred uh, kilograms of 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 grass trimmer per hectare. Um, I suppose another way of of trying to manage grass is is the use of of temporary fencing to split paddocks, and that in itself will actually help in terms of of improving regrowths, improving utilisation. And, 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 and you know maintaining good animal performance and if people were maybe a little reluctant to, to take out big areas of grass um, you know to get things back under control the use of, of the temporary electric fencing will allow maybe even half half fields to be to be taken out give yourself options um, you know and that will be coming back into the rotation in, in three weeks time high quality grass and at that point maybe you can take out another bit um, to, I, think, to, I think that's a very valid point and like that reluctance of taking out them shorter cuts you're still getting a reasonably good yield once we start going to that 13 14 centimeters of grass yeah so i mean look we're, we're, we're talking about you know anything above 10 centimeters really you're heading for for 2000 kilos of of grass trimmer per hectare of a cover you know while it mightn't seem much you're still talking of of yields there of four or five bales to the acre it's a very high quality you're in the mid 70s in terms of your dmd that's going to be worth a lot next winter um, feeding feeding yews pre-lamming um, and it also means that, that very high quality grass will be coming back into the rotation um, for lambs in the run up to or after weaning So like for farms that haven't got finished the first rotation yet, really them tail end products where possible you should strongly consider mowing them Yeah so really you know the, 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 the quality of those paddocks will will be deteriorating in terms of grazing but as we say they can still be conserved as, as, as high quality feed um, and it allows those to be to be brought back in line then to where we we kind of should be in terms of our grazing rotations I suppose the other challenge that's thrown up at the moment is even on very well run or highly stocked farms it was difficult this spring to get grazing out paddocks cleanly or get out of that kind of residual we wanted particularly on that first rotation Many of them guys and farmers and possibly rightly so lifted their residual height a wee bit. Challenges there now in the second rotation, are they going to get that grazed out or if they don't, what remedial action can we take? 
Yeah, so look, every every year is different, and, and thankfully this year is different in a good way. Um, and while plans are tar- and targets are there, people rightly adapted those plans this year. Um, when they had plentiful grass available, they maybe didn't push the yews quite as hard as, as normal and may have been grazing maybe to four or four and a half centimetres instead of down to your three and a half. Um, really, that's going to depend on stocking rates. They're going to depend on grass demand at the moment. If, if it was grazed to four and a half the last time, I wouldn't be going below that now as you may be bringing in poorer quality stuff. And we have to bear in mind that lambs are actually starting to consume quite significant amounts of grass at the moment, up, up on 0.7 or 0.8 of a kilo a day. So we don't want them having to graze um, poorer quality um, grass at, at the base of the sward, maybe that wasn't cleaned out properly. So the key there will be to, I suppose, go as far as you went the last time, maybe even raise it slightly more um, if if quality is, is, is starting to drop off a little bit. And we have the opportunity then in the third round um, to incorporate some topping, uh, maybe to reset the sward, or if, if growth rates um, are still high and we're having to skip out some paddocks and um, that maybe we skip out some of the paddocks maybe that weren't grazed out as well as others um, and they can be reset that way so it'll be a combination of, of, of monitoring paddocks or, or fields that were grazed out well and balancing that then with some topping or strategic bales um, to reset the other, the other areas of the farm. As well look when you mentioned quality the other key element coming into that is fertiliser application and there probably is a little reluctance with high growth rates in some cases to go with that extra application. Yeah, What's your so views on that? It, it, probably, it probably seems like the wrong thing to be doing when we have such good grass growth rates at the moment um, to be even thinking about fertiliser. But the, the key thing about that is is that the plant will become um, you know, um, deficient in, 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 in nitrogen quite quickly if it's not being applied. Um, and as we move through May, especially heading towards the end of May, you know it will be important that there is nitrogen available to the plant um, to try and maintain quality for as long as possible if the plant becomes stressed it's going to head out earlier than than maybe planned it 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 will head out either ways that's their natural life cycle but we can maybe maintain the leaf for longer um even even small amounts of 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 nitrogen applications down around 10 to 15 units um to, to the acre post grazing can help uh, maintain quality that way. So you'd be, re- you'd be recommending a trickle feed as we progress yeah, in the a little, weeks? Yeah, lit, little and often. Um, you know, there's no point in going out with big amounts, driving things out of control and, and just making a bigger problem for yourself. And look, I suppose the other element of the fertiliser will come up and I'm just conscious when we were talking about taking bales earlier, it's a good chance to go with compound on it and I suppose maybe particularly too on fields we remove surplus bales from because that is taking nutrients off the ground so that's the other aspect maybe we need to focus on yeah so definitely um for people that have been soil testing and 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 they have results there in terms of what areas of the farm are, are deficient in in in, in p and k um they can start to be applying some some compound or or, or some specific um uh, straights there to, to correct some of those deficits and definitely anywhere which is uh, cut out for bales we need to remember that um removing bales like that a lot of benefits in terms of high quality feed for next winter and high quality grass coming back into the rotation in a few weeks time but we do also have to replace what we take out in particularly um k um which which you know removing um bales like that can have a quite a high demand for for k so um that would have to be uh, applied um to, to maintain soil fertility so obviously look there's a lot to focus on the coming month um <coughs> 
in terms of where to get advice for the coming month on a weekly basis in terms of growth rates and that yeah so the weekly growth rates um, from the farms here in Athenry and around the country will be available on Pasture Base Ireland on the homepage of the website um, and we'll also be doing our grass growth rate and other um, relevant information updates on our Chagas uh, sheep uh, Twitter page Phil thanks very much for that we'll catch up with you again later in the year thanks Kieran. So that's it for our first episode. I'd like to thank our guest speakers Fiona and Phil who provided some useful updates and good practical advice for the coming month. For further updates keep an eye on our Chagas website or our Twitter page at Chagas Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch and thanks for joining me on the first episode of Ovicast. Don't forget to tune in to our next episode.